0: Be a risk taker, especially if you're not happy in what you're doing and you want to change something in your life, change career and just go for it. I mean, there's a world out there.
1: Hi, I'm Jessica.
2: And I'm Girish.
1: And this is the Destiny Benders podcast, where we explore the impact of international education on the lives of students and professionals from across the globe. It's a podcast for international educators, by international educators, and about international educators.
2: And in each episode, we'll be meeting with Destiny Benders of our industry. We'll look beyond the job title and really get to know the people whose mission it is to change lives and bend destinies.
1: Hello, and welcome to the next episode of Destiny Benders. Today, our guest is Sarah Rimini, head of International Student Recruitment Europe at Inspired Education Group. Sarah, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thank you guys for
0: inviting me. I'm very excited.
2: Yeah, welcome to the podcast, Sarah. So we always want to get to know our guests first. So please walk us through your journey. How did you get to where you are today?
0: Well, it was uh, quite a journey. So I'm hundred percent Italian and I was raised in international schools in Italy. And that's where I started developing a passion for international education. I have friends scattered all over the world. I thank my parents every day for the great investment in my education. I'm a former um, IB Diploma graduate myself. And a few years ago, actually, in 2009, uh, when I was living in Modena, I came across the International School of Modena, because every time I move around, I've been moving around uh, quite a bit in Italy and in Europe. I came across the International School of Modena. And uh, because I've been to international schools, I'm always on the lookout for uh, when I move to see if there's international schools. And I met a couple of uh, parents from the school, uh, especially a friend of mine, a Scottish friend of mine, and she introduced me to the school and we started working. Uh, I started helping them out on communicating what the IB world and the programs were for the Italian parents and Italian families. Modena is a very small town, uh, city. And so there's not a huge culture of international education down there. And uh, so that's how I started working with a group of international schools in Italy, which is uh, International School of Europe. And I started as communications manager. So as communications manager, marketing, promoting the schools, reaching out to the Italian families, explaining the differences between the Italian curriculum, the international baccalaureate curriculum, the British curriculum, and giving them a lot of uh, what my experience was, which is very important because I I grew up with two brothers, one uh, went through the Italian system. I went through the international system, and my younger brother went through half and half. <laughs> so we have quite a bit of uh, examples in the in the family. And then from there, I started working with several of our schools in Italy, always with the communications and marketing focus, and just reaching out and uh, you know raising awareness and building the brand and just explaining a lot uh, the details of our programs because they are very, very different from what uh, Italian parents are used to. And then uh, from there, I started working with all our schools in Italy and uh, and then I was asked actually to step in as um, school manager of the International School of Modena. Now that was the first step of, whoa, okay, <laughs> steep learning curve, big challenge I was young so I think I was like 35 and uh, back then and uh, I said okay let's go for the challenge so I love challenges and uh, I had never worked in a school um, because uh, I come from previous different experiences um, different fields And so I started becoming passionate even more about the IB programs. I went on uh, all the workshops, uh, even if I'm not a teacher. For six years, I was head of the school in Modena. We built the development of the school. We went from 95 students to 215. We implemented the diploma. We had the first graduates. Very, very successful, thanks to the great team uh, in the school. The year before I um, had my first uh, graduates from the school, I was asked to, uh, we were acquired by Inspired uh, Education Group. And so I was asked to come back to Milan and head the enrollment team in uh, in Italy. So the processes, the implementations, making sure that everything was working in the, in the best of ways, the customer experience for parents, international and uh, local. And uh, from there, then I moved on to four years ago, I think now. Yeah, it's um, (laughs) four years ago. I was asked and said to work on our boarding schools in Europe. So we currently have nine boarding schools in Europe uh, in six different countries. That was a new challenge for me. Also building all the agents and education partners relationships and building all the the network, uh, which uh, as you can see, I like speaking. (laughs) I'm a people's person. So it's a fun part of my job and it drives the passion as well. You know, meeting people from uh, all over the world, families, different cultures, different traditions and finding the best match for that student and then seeing that student be successful in school, graduating and then off to their top choice university. I'm so thankful. It makes me happy. You know, when I had my first graduates in Modena and I'm still in touch with them, it just makes me really happy. And so I always uh, tell myself every morning, it's like, that's why I do it. That's why I've been working in education for now uh, almost 14 years. Right now, I work with all over the world because I have families from uh, everywhere. It's uh, it's fascinating. It's time consuming, but I love it. <laughs> well, the
2: passion is clear. I can see the passion <laughs> on the screen of how much you enjoy what you do. But you said you kind of accidentally fell into it, like a lot of people doing in international education. So I'm kind of curious as you're growing up, what were you thinking about becoming uh, when you're a high school student, maybe, or even earlier?
0: when i was uh, in uh, high school uh, you know when you have the yearbooks and there's the pages what you're going to be become in the future i was labeled as uh, the businesswoman okay business manager somewhere in the world as i started working and specializing in events big events as well like uh, participation of the city of bologna to the expo 2010 in shanghai the MIPIM exhibitions in uh, Cannes, so real estate, so different kind of um, fields, but all with organization, um, events, uh, PR, communications. So that was my main field of uh, work. And then, uh, yes, I accidentally stumbled on uh, education <laughs> because, as I mentioned before, one of my close friends, she was working in a big uh, multinational company based in, uh, in Modena. And she happened to know one of the um, parents of the internationals that had their kids at the International School of Modena. And he was asking if he knew anyone who had any experience in international schools and communication and promotion. And so he, she mentioned me. And that's how I started volunteering at, at the beginning, my support for the school, because um, it is difficult when you open a, a school in an area where there's no um, cultural knowledge or experience of what it means to join an international school in English language as first language. You know, they always say, oh, but it's a school in English. It's a language school. It's like, no, it's like, I always say to like the parents who don't know anything about international education, it's like, think about you moving to the UK, you moving to the US and having to attend a school in English. Everything sciences, PE, uh, arts, everything, mathematics, it's all in English.
1: Our podcast is called Destiny Benders. And basically, we like to focus on or talk about people who have changed our lives in our journey and lives that you've changed along your journey, bent their destiny, for example. Um, So I was listening to what you were saying, and it sounds like that person who recommended you for that role was your destiny bender. She bent your destiny because you weren't working in international schools, but you were doing communications and things like this. And she recommended you for that, you got involved and then here you are, it has launched you onto yes. this career, you know, that has taken you far and wide and now become head of, of international student recruitment. Are there other people along the way that you can think of that have really kind of changed that trajectory for you of where you are going? I
0: did for other people, especially when I was working in Modena. So some of the uh, teaching assistants that I worked with and I pushed them into doing the PGCs and going for becoming like a teacher and, uh, you know, getting more professional development. So I did a lot about that. I think uh, two of the people who are obviously those who push me in, uh, in everything I do are my brothers in a different direction. Besides Ariana, her name is Ariana, she's my one of my best friends. Uh, I think she was, uh, she's been a very important person in that moment and really changed, uh, as you said, my, my past. Probably missing out on a lot of people and <laughs> I don't want to be, you know, offending anyone or, you know. But
1: it's interesting though, Sarah, because we we talk about this with all of our guests and and we ask the same question. And I think what comes to light is that actually we're touching people's lives almost on a daily basis and bending destinies, even when we don't know that we are. So I asked you that direct question and you could think of a few people, but actually you've probably bent destinies of multiple different people and you just don't even really know it because that's just the nature of working in international education and and the jobs that we do. And and going kind of back to what you said about talking with parents in, in your current role and your recruitment and dealing with parents and telling them about the schools that Inspired Education Group are running, how do you convey to them the benefits of an international education? How do you convey to them that, okay, the schools that I work for are actually the best choice, that international education is the best choice for your child because what are those reasons because you know parents these days have lots and particularly with boarding schools have lots of different choice don't they yes. if they're looking
0: for a boarding school it's a very competitive uh, market and depending on what kind of parent you have in front of you because there's though so, that type of parent that only wants the best university for his or her child and so they will only focus on the academics. But joining an international community and an international uh, school is so much more than that. It's becoming part of a really part of the world. You are pulled out of your comfort zone. So you have fa- friends from all over the world. You concentrate on, yes, academics, which is one of our pillars, which is absolutely very important because our students graduate with top A levels and top IB diploma. But there's also so a very big focus on sports and uh, performing arts. And altogether, that's the cultural baggage that you take to university. It's all also a lot about learning the soft skills and learning the public speaking skills, learning everything you need for the working world. Because yes, you'll go off to university, perfect, continue your studies. But if you don't develop those skills when you're in high school, when you're in school, when you sit for the first interview, for the first job, You're not going to be able to convey to uh, the future, hopefully, (laughs) employer what you really are and One of the best things about international education and the IB programs, especially, is that you basically, you grow thinking out of the box. So with a very flexible mind and uh, you can find solutions to problems. You know, I've had conversations with uh, other Italian friends who've come up from uh, out from the Italian system. And the biggest difference I see is, oh, there's a problem. Oh, I need to go abroad for a couple of years. Oh, I need to go there and I don't know how to do it. No, I mean, come on. You will have challenges all the time. And the faster you think and the faster you come up with a solution, which might be creative, might be, as I said, out of the box, different. That is the selling point that will get you that job. That is what you need to succeed nowadays. It's not just about academics. It's not not just about being the smartest. It's also about making sure you have those communication skills that you need for the working world. You will be asked to work in a team. You will be asked to work on projects. You need to be able to relate to people. Sarah, I want to
2: go back to something you said earlier. You know, when you were speaking about, you know, starting at that role and becoming the head of school and growing the school from 85 to 215, whatever, apart from the numbers, the growth, the milestones and stuff like that. I'd like for you to speak a little bit more about the emotions that were part of that journey, because I think that's very important to kind of for you to maybe even reflect, but for us to hear about what was that journey like?
0: It was six years of no life, (laughs) no private life. It was all dedicated to the school, to the staff. I had excellent teachers, to the families. We built a great community and uh, entered that school And you walked in and you had the sense of community. So we had uh, a lot of uh, Italian students, but a lot of international students as well. It was all a challenge for me. It was all a challenge, you know, not coming from the education uh, background, wanting to get the respect of the staff and obviously working with them. I didn't have the educational leadership. I had the school management, but I worked with my three coordinators we had two and then we had three and we built the le- leadership team but it was also understanding the parents voice allowing them to communicate with the school um they would you know we had families you know moving from First time abroad, having a shock with, you know, they have the Italian dream, but then when you hit the bureaucracy in Italy, that's a different thing. And so I had, um, you know, moms uh, coming into my office and crying on, uh, on the sofa I had in the office and, you know, having a, a moment to vent. We went through a transformation. It was a complete transformation. Um, when I entered the school was uh, healthy. It was great. It had implemented the first two uh, IB programs. It was run very well. It was a lot of teamwork. It was um, it was a, it was a hard a uh, hard job. But the satisfaction of seeing the students every time you you know resumed school after a break and they would come up with their parents saying, oh, Thank you, Miss Rimini. The school is open again. I was so wanting to come back. And there smiles, you know, smiles everywhere. So that got me going and it kept me going. Leaving was very, very hard. It was uh, but, you know, it was a cycle. It was good to move on. But I still every time the first time I went back after I left, ooh, all the kids came running out on um in the outdoor area and they're like, ah, oh, Miss Rimini, Miss Rimini. So um, I loved going into the early years area and uh, just reading to the kids and just uh, spending time with them and getting to know them. I knew every single student, it's a smaller school, it's not like a huge school, but getting that, um, that relationship with the students and it was a very rich, diverse community. Uh, it was challenging.
2: You said it came with a, uh, a personal cost, a sacrifice that you made. You made an investment. You said no private life, no personal yeah. life for six years. Uh, but it seems like you accomplished a lot. But if you were to go back and think about those six years, is there one thing that you'd do differently?
0: Well, a few things, maybe yes, just because, of course, now I'm like older and wiser, and you know more things. Uh, but I am, um, in terms of the commitment and the effort, no. I, I loved those years. I always uh, uh, speak highly about those years. I learned a lot as a person, as an educator, I really learned a lot. And I fell in love even more with the IB programs. Um, I fell in love with the teaching world and I admire teachers because I could never be a teacher. Believe me, it's just not me. <laughs> Um, So, and every time I recruited as well, teachers, I was looking for that special vocation and special light in their eyes, because it's not um, a job for everyone. It's a job you need to be able, you need to want it. You need to have that love for teaching because it's time consuming. Teachers were destroyed at the end of the day, but happy And every time we, uh, we had like a a lot of events in our calendar. So I would go around and say, look, I'm not asking you, not forcing, but this is, (laughs) I need some volunteers. And we were such a good team, like uh, working together and helping each other so that we, it wasn't a problem. It was, uh, we enjoyed it, but yes, it's um, no, I don't have any regrets. Maybe some things might have been uh, done differently, but uh, I think that the result in the end and how it grew and the IB Diploma results we got on the first uh, group of graduates uh, and the fact that they're still very happy, the parents are happy, they, the graduates, alumni, were in contact, they have great university careers or working careers, I'm pretty satisfied at it.
1: Sarah, I want to change tack just a little bit. You said you're 100% Italian. You started our conversation. I'm 100% Italian. And it sounds like you are born, raised, and you've lived your whole life in Italy, in various parts, but in Italy- Yet you are a product of the international baccalaureate system and the international education, and you've made a career of working in international education. You're 100% Italian, but very international in terms of your career and your outlook. What do you love about international education? What Keeps you in this field and keeps you motivated. And I know you've alluded to students, and oh, what else, you know, beyond working with the students really having, lights that fire for
0: you of international education? It's having no boundaries, basically, having uh, built connections all over the world. I am, I love traveling. Thankfully, I, uh, I travel for work as well. But the fact of reaching out to people in the various countries. And uh, whenever I travel for work or travel for leisure, it's just great. And what makes me, um, what keeps me going as well is I'm very curious. I'm so curious. So I love meeting uh, people from different countries, different cultures, and I love food. I'm a foodie. (laughs) Person, so I love tasting different foods, I love exploring um, different aspects of the countries I visit, international education. I think prepared me for that because I grew up with a lot of friends. I have friends, you know, from school scattered all over. Every now and then we managed to meet up, you know, it's, it's hard. And I remember every year you would cry your eyes out because someone was leaving and then new ones were coming. And so that's another thing that I, I tell the families as well. It is a bit of a sacrifice growing up in an international school because you always say goodbye and welcome new people. But at the end of the day, you have such a variety of friends all over the world. And I think that enriches you in a a way that it's hard to describe. So that's one thing. And the other thing is the, I think, the type of modern curriculum that um, the international schools try to implement constantly. And I think that and uh, the flexibility, the mindset and flexibility that you are raised with, that's really, really um, special. And of course, I love languages. That's uh, a great aspect of international education in general. How many languages do you speak? Super, super well. I'm bilingual in Italian, English. Then I speak French. I can read and understand Russian, um, and that's it. (laughs) I started Chinese, but I was working already. And Chinese is a fascinating language, but it's all about memorizing. And so you need to put a lot of um, time in it.
2: So you alluded to a few minutes ago about the pandemic and some of the challenges, and especially in a boarding world of pandemics uh, during the pandemic. Um, Can you chat a little bit more about that? What were some of the challenges that you guys faced during that? And what are some key takeaways? And I mean, we're coming out of the pandemic But what did you learn or what changed for you guys? And how will that impact what you do moving forward?
0: Being part of such a big uh, group of international schools has definitely helped us. We were able to switch from uh, in-person to online in our schools when we went in lockdown within 24 hours. And I will never forget the 23rd of February, 2020, when I was attending an event in Sofia, And the Italian Ministry of Education and the government decide that from Monday, all schools were going to be closed. So back then I was still running the, I was doing uh, my current job, but then I was helping out with the marketing in Italy because we had a transition. And so I was doing all the crisis management of the communications with all our heads and being in contact. and, um, And in 24 hours... We took Monday, the Monday to sort everything out. And then all our 11 schools in Italy went online after one day. So that was amazing. And that's thanks to the fact that we have such a great group of um, collaboration within. We have the heads group, We have the teachers group. We have the IT group. And we collaborate across the world. So our schools in um, in New Zealand and our school in Vietnam went into lockdown before us. So they had a little bit more experience and they could share that. We always share best practices. We share the everything that we do also in the boarding houses. We share everything that has to do with safety and care. Uh, we have a world of expertise within our group, and we can actually access it. And that's a real plus. What we went through, no one was expecting. Um, I think that no, I mean, Italy went through, I think, one of the hardest lockdowns in uh, in Europe and in the world, with the exception exception of China, probably. And it was just, um, everything was just new. But you had to, we had students in the schools, we had students in the boarding house. Obviously, the day students were sent home, but boarding students, we sent home, most of them, but those who couldn't, we we kept in the school because of course, you know, you can find flights. It was hard. And then that was the first phase. We had several calls with all the teens and trying to see what worked, what didn't work. We went online with like early years as well, activities, you know, it's pretty amazing. I mean, the 33 year olds being active <laughs> in front of the computer or the iPad, uh, but I saw some really Truly amazing activities. And then, of course, the focus on um, trying to, you know, test and trial of different activities. When we then got back into the new school year, so in September, we decided to leave our boarding houses open because, as you remember, the countries went in and out of lockdowns, especially in Italy. So it's like, okay, day students home, we have the boarding students, we can't send them home because then they couldn't come back. So we kept them. And that was quite uh, challenging to make sure that we kept them all active, physically active as well, mentally active and engaged in the online uh, classes. And w- one of the super cool things that uh, the boarding schools did was actually run quizzes and uh, tests across the various boarding houses. So it was like the contests, so that the boarding students could see That there were other boarding students in other schools or other schools, and they were in the same situation. So, they, I mean, the heads of boarding and our director of education, uh, they've been amazing, really amazing. I mean, in some schools, we kept them one year, one whole year. So, that's a lot.
2: I can't even imagine running a boarding school and then having kids, I don't know how young these kids are, staying with you year round.
0: Uh, We have the youngest age we take is in the UK and it's eight. And uh, most of the boarding schools tend to go from 10, 11 or 14 onwards.
1: I guess my next question would be to you, what's next for Sarah? You're in this position, fairly new-ish in terms of this particular job title. So you might want to stay with that for a little while. But how where do you see yourself in five, 10 years? What's what's next for you, your oh. long-term <laughs> goals, both career or personal? You know, do you change locations?
0: Well, I'd like to live abroad. I've only lived abroad once for just a few months in France. That's something I am missing. You know, the experience of being um, an expat, I could uh, consider. Uh, where I see myself, so now I've been almost five years in this role, um, either broader, uh, you know, and taking on more schools. I think education, as far as I'm concerned, if I, have, if I still have the passion, the same passion, that I have today, I'm going to still work in education, maybe explore different parts and different sectors of the edu- education just because I love challenges. But yes, I think um, I've always told my bosses <laughs> that the moment I lose my passion, that's when I will need to move on into something different. Is I I've been very very lucky in my life. I've always found jobs that uh really really passionate me.
2: But you've also to... taken the risks, right? I mean, when somebody yes. introduces you to a job, you're taking it without knowing if you're good at it. So, what advice would you give to any of our listeners who may be considering a career change or wanting to come into international education or leave international education? What are some learnings that you've had over the years?
0: Well, be patient. <laughs> First of all, um, education. One of the things when I started working in the school is because I'm Italian and I have a different way of communicating compared to the UK and to the British. uh, uh, So I need to kind of smooth my angles sometimes when uh, communicating because I'm really fast and uh, I'm direct. And sometimes this doesn't work very well. So that's it's all about diplomacy. (laughs) So that I've learned. Go for it. I mean, I'm a total IB diploma graduate in this. I mean, a risk taker, you know, it's one of the uh, IB learner profile <laughs> attributes. Be a risk taker. You have to, if, especially if you're not happy in what you're doing and you want to change something in your life, change career, just go for it. I mean, there's a world out there, but you have to have the passion for it. Education is only for passionate people. Yeah, you can be the most academic person, but if you don't also have that empathy and that you're not able to reach out to the student, then that doesn't work, I think. I mean, I've had different types of teachers and I remember having teachers that would just like teach, but not understand that half of the class was like left behind. No, you need to have that uh, empathy. You need to be able to connect with the students, with the families. I've always been uh, raised with uh, an Italian motto, tutti utili, nessuno indispensabile. So everyone is useful, but no one is um, uh, indispensabile. Oh, I, c- I can't find Indispensable. a word. This Very good, so. thank you. <laughs> it's so easy. <laughs> Yeah, that's the minus about knowing two languages. Sometimes you're like get confused when I speak to my brother, uh, my younger brother, and we speak half and half, which is very bad, very (laughs) bad, Um, because then sometimes things like this happen. So indispensable.
2: Well, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I agree with the risk taking is absolutely important. Change is inevitable, all of that. And I love that Italian saying. So thank you for sharing that. Um, We want to switch gears a little bit as we wrap up. Um, our time here, we always ask a bunch of quick fire questions just to kind of get to see the other side of you. So my first question to you is, if Sarah wasn't doing what she's doing today in the international school world, what would she be
0: doing? I would be in the event organization world. For sure.
2: So you know exactly for sure. That was that was quick.
0: That was quick fire question right there. I think that's the fastest response we've ever had. <laughs> you, it's one of my other passions. So,
1: <laughs> my question to you is: You said you're a foodie and you love traveling and trying foods in all the countries where you've been. Tell us what is your favorite dish in in another country where you've traveled to.
0: Okay, this is difficult. Um, I love all the Middle Eastern um, dishes, the appetizers. Mm-hmm. So that's one of my. I love baklava. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't like baklava? Yeah. <laughs> I love also Russian dishes. So oh, interesting. And Ukrainian dishes, yes. Yeah, I like
1: well. pel pelmeni. Pelmeni,
0: yes. yes, that's my favorite thing to have in Russia. What is that? <laughs> Dumplings—they're similar to dumplings, mm-hmm. and uh, but I love dim sum as well. So yeah, mm-hmm. sorry, that wasn't one.
1: it's no, very That's, difficult
0: okay. to it's, say that's one. a hard but question, you, though. That's a hard it is, question. It is.
2: If you're a foodie, it's hard to pick one. Yeah. All right. Last question for you: What is your favorite book, or what is a book you're reading right now?
0: My favorite book is *The Great Gatsby*. Why? I just fell in love with that book when I was in high school and I was reading it for school and I keep on reading it every now and then over and over. And when I remember when we had book day at school, um, at the International School of Modena and you would bring your favorite book, it was always on my priority list. (laughs) So it's just the i don't know if it's the the theme and uh the time mm-hmm. is just i feel it very romantic but also very um hard as well in some aspects so yeah the great gatsby what i'm reading right now um i just moved into my new house so i'm all i'm reading all the manuals of my electronic appliances <laughs> 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 because I have now an induction um stove so I don't know how to use it very well so I don't want to
1: Yeah let <laughs> me tell food. you we have an induction stove here and I hate it it
0: took really? me months to be able to figure that thing oh, out no. <laughs> I love cooking. So that's why I'm reading the manual because I don't want to, you know.
1: Well, I think that's they're, they're supposed to be really good to be fair to the stove. You know, they're supposed to be really good. It, it's probably just user error in terms of me. Because, but I struggle with it all the time.
2: <laughs> but <laughs> sir, I have one more question, actually. Okay. Was, teach us a really cool Italian phrase.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, teach you. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, or, or, or
2: share with us.
0: I'm not prepared, guys. Uh, Well, the one I said before
1: was really cool. Say the same one you said before and and we can practice it.
0: Tutti utili, nessuno indispensabile. Tutti utili, nessuno indispensabile. Yeah, exactly.
2: I won't even try it right now. I'm gonna, <laughs> <laughs> if you were to bust some, someone's chops, what would you say? What? I, I say if you were to bust someone's chops, like if you were to pick on somebody, like you know. Okay. Give them a, uh,
0: Ma che cosa vuoi? Uh, Ma che like, so well, cosa vuoi? What you want? Ma che cosa vuoi? Yes. Well, then this is a very polite version. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know the other version.
0: <laughs> very good. <laughs> I would. I think that would be cut by um, Jessica on the (laughs) (laughs) podcast.
2: Oh, Sarah, well, this is brilliant. Thank you so much for taking time and sharing your journey with us. This is fun. Um, Thank you you, very much
0: for inviting me.
2: We wish you the best of luck.
0: Thank you. you Thank you. And let me know when you visit Milan. We'll be more than happy to go and uh, see you guys. Take you out.
1: Thanks for listening. Next week, our guest is Andrew Disbury, a retired international education professional with a fantastic story. We hope you'll join us.